Mic check. Mic check. One, two. You ready? Yeah. Bro, if you don't take that dang shirt off. I want it to look nice. A shirt too bright. I don't own a, a bright shirt in my closet because I don't want to be looking like Boo Boo the Fool walking down the street. My mom got it for Bro, me. Don't, I don't care if your grandma, your great, great, great grandma got it for you. It got to go in the trash. My grandma got it for hey, me. Hey, grandmas are clout chasers. No matter which way you want to slice it, grandmas are clout chasers. How are grandmas clout because, chasers? Because, bro, I have my experiences with grandmas. All right? What, so when they give you like a homemade gift, you think they're clout chasing yeah they want to get all they want to see which grandson or granddaughter or grandkid likes them the best so they try to pin y'all against one another it's grandma's i'm on to y'all clout chasing grandma's i'm on to y'all Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Well, bless your ears, baby. I listen to hidden gems every night before I go to bed. I listen to hidden gems in the kitchen. Hidden gems. We're back. We're here with Luke Cooper with Pure Sweat Basketball. Luke, what's up? What's going on, y'all? What's up, Luke? I am sitting in St. Bernard's weight room. Um, got about 45 minutes before we start night shooting, so getting some curls in. Just kind of chilling, getting some curls for the girls. You know how I lift. If you can't, if you can't see the muscle, I'm not working it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's funny that you're there. We were talking earlier about like how demanding your schedule is, and we'll get into that later. But to start it off, um, why don't you just give the people kind of a background of you know how you got started in basketball skills training and how it's kind of changed your life yeah so i normally say like i have like three three different steps that kind of led me to really not only get started but almost take it like pretty serious and so the first thing that got me like initially started was uh, when i was like a sophomore or junior in high school some of these parents of younger kids like third and fourth graders in my hometown would reach out and ask if i could work out you know their sons or daughters so i did that uh, when I was like 16 and 17, um, I actually ran my first camp when I was like a junior in high school. It was called, it was funny, my nickname growing up was Luke Dog. So it was called Luke Dog Basketball Camps. Nice. And so I ran it at my high school. I had like eight or nine kids there. So that was cool. And I started training then and I really enjoyed it. The next step, which is really big for me, and it's funny how things work, but Drew Handlin, who you know, obviously really well as the CEO of Pure Sweat and Right. You know, one of my better friends and mentors now, um, he did like a camp at my high school when I was going to be a junior. And I remember sitting there talking to him. At that point, he was in college at Belmont. But it was the first time I realized that, you know, I could make a career out of basketball that wasn't straight playing or coaching. And there was like this other kind of like avenue to basketball, like coaching and being a skills coach. And so right. that really, really opened my eyes. And then the third pillar to it was... I don't try to keep this short, uh, this story short, but it was it was big for me. My senior year of high school, we had this club called FBLM, which is, stands for Future Business Leaders of America. And I remember going up to the teacher who ran it, and I was like, "Hey, I want to be in FBLA, but I want to be the president." <laughs> and she was like, "She was like, Luke, like we've had people in this club for since they were in middle school. You can't just come in and say you want to be the president." And I stayed on her, and I was like, "Listen, I don't care who's been in the club. I'm telling you right now, like." I should be the president of this club. Like, I want to be a businessman. 
And she kept saying, no, no, no. Then eventually she came up. She's like, you know, listen, I want someone who's passionate about it. I'll let you do it. But the catch is like at the end of the semester, you have to do like 25 page business plan, go to this award ceremony, present your idea. And so she's like, you can do it if you do that. And I was like, perfect, I'll do it. And at the time, my company was called Hoop Dreams. And so I spent a ton of time working on this business plan for to be a basically what I do now to be a you know a basketball trainer. And so I go, I write this 25 page you know business plan. I go to the competition and I get third place. The problem was there was only three people that entered. So I basically got, <laughs> I got last. No, got last you didn't have to and, say that. No, but it's true. And so I remember the judge was like, we scored you last because your numbers are unrealistic. You know, there's no way you can make this amount of money with this company. The numbers just don't line up. And so I remember, you know, they gave me the medal. I took it off and I threw it away in the trash in front of them. And I was like, you're wrong. And um, it's, you know, it's a funny story, but like it did two things. Number one, it motivated me. Um, I'll never forget like a cupcake business won it, which number one is the most saturated market of all time. Number two, cupcakes suck. So that pissed me off. Worst dessert of all time. But number two, like it actually, I mean, dude, to write a 30 page business plan, you have to kind of go through some steps that you wouldn't normally go through. Right. Um, yeah. And it, and it, like I got last and all that, but like it actually helped me kind of think about the business side of things. And so once that happened, that was my senior year of, of high school. And then the day I was going to graduate, I got a call from Drew. Funny enough, he was like, hey, do you want to be one of my pure sweat skills coaches. And I obviously said, absolutely. And so that was kind of how all of those kind of connected and somewhat led me to where I'm at now. That's really cool. Nice. And it's really interesting. Like we were talking to Austin. It's just really cool how nowadays there's so many routes to be important and make a difference in basketball. Like you don't, people think, oh, I got to go overseas. So I got to play here. Like that's not the only way to make a big impact in the sport. And you're one of the most important people that can share that. So that's really cool to hear all that. It's also really cool showing how you started early and actually went through those steps. Cause a lot of people see the outcome, but they don't want to see all the work that got put into it. And we'll definitely go back to that later talking about the grind that you had but i'll pass it over to keenan yeah man i mean that's a that's a pretty incredible story that's a journey and for me was there ever a time that you felt like man i don't know if i this is something that's real that's realistic or was there a time where you was like oh yeah this is for sure the moment where i can make this happen like did you ever see just a moment in time where it was like yep this is the this is the opportunity so I think there's layers to it. So like, it depends, you know, for the first, you know, when I first started, it was like, I just wanted to run a bunch of academies and, and have a bunch of kids and high school players, middle school players kind of grow those. And I remember, you know, the plan was to run an eight week academy, my first one, but I didn't have enough kids to do an eight week academy. I had to do a four week academy and five kids signed up. And I was at this high school and the very first workout kid and his mom came in at this point in time, I just graduated. So I'm 18, 19 years old. And this kid was like 16, right, who signed up. And I'd never met him before. He never met me. I did some BS marketing that, you know, he saw it somehow. And um, he shows up. He doesn't even work out. He goes, he walks in, basically sees me, and then him and his mom leave. And I get an email from his mom like 30 minutes later. It's like, hey, this isn't what we're looking for. We didn't realize you were so young. Can we get a refund? And he hadn't even done the workout. And so at that point, like, that was like my first, like, academy workout ever and i'm sitting there thinking like holy crap you know what have i got myself into this dude didn't even do the workout because he saw i was young and basically was like i'm good you know what i mean and so that was kind of like a 
eye opener. I was like, all right, you know, <laughs> I guess this is how the game is going to be. So that was like definitely a thought of like, okay, I don't know if I can necessarily make this work. So that was, I guess, a negative, you know, then, you know, people ask me, like, when did you finally realize that you could do this full time? And I don't think it was really, it wasn't really till like two summers ago, going into my senior year of college, when instead of four kids in my summer academy, I had like 120. And so it was like that growth and like the, the revenue that was brought in and all that. I was sitting there looking at the numbers. I was like, yo, I'm making more than like a decent amount of people, especially, you know, 99% of people my age, like I maybe could do this. But on the same pillar, it's like, then I move out to LA and then it kind of flips again. You know what I mean? Now I have all yeah, these doubts. Start over. Like, I have all these doubts of like, all right, well, I could do the high school and middle school kids, but now can I like truly make my dream come true and train pros and not only train pros, but train enough to like make a living off of it and do it full time. And so I think anything you do, there's going to be peaks and valleys to everything in the, in kind of the. The main thing you have to do is just kind of stay the course because I think in the end, everything kind of works out, um, but you just can't get, you know, if I would have quit after that first guy walked in and was like, no, you're too young. We want a refund. Then, you know what I mean? I would have never been to the point where I got 120 kids. If I would have stopped on any day we're out here, I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, then in three years, when I look back, I would have like never had what I'll have. You know what I mean? So I think you just kind of have to stay the course and keep keep rolling with the punches. Right. I mean, it's just like if you're going uphill, you can't see the other side of the mountain when it's going to be smooth and all the way just full momentum but you just got to keep chopping at it so when people see the success that you've had like a lot of people don't realize i was blown away personally like with the actual schedule that you have so can you walk us through a little bit like and we'll come back to how you exactly ended up with pure sweat and in la yeah. how you are now but why don't you just walk us through like a typical day that you have out there yeah so i mean as you know every week's different depending on who's in town you know what i mean stuff like that but for the most part, it depends. Like if Langston Galloway's in town, then we're going 6 a.m. or earlier. <laughs> 4.30. So, yeah. yeah. The other week, the other day we had a, the gym. This is actually a funny story. So we normally go at 6. And I get a text saying, hey, the gym's closed from 5.30 on. 5.30 to like 9 or something. So I send him that text thinking like, you know, we'll try to go at like 9.15 or something. He yeah, goes, cool. Uh, so of course, yeah. He goes, he goes, awesome. And then the next text he sent was, so 4.30? <laughs> and so <laughs> whenever he's in town, we basically, I started six. Um, and we pretty much have the gym from six to three out here, um, this high school. So we go from six to three. And then high school basketball team has it. High school volleyball team has it until about seven. So we get a break from anywhere between three to four to seven. So three to four hours. And then we come back for night shooting and night workouts from seven to around 10 or 11, depending on, again, who's in town, who wants to do two days and all that. I mean, you're looking at anywhere between, I don't know, what is that, 16-hour days, 12 to 16-hour days. And so stuff. It is, but, you know, like I was telling someone, someone the other day, they're like, bro, why didn't you just tell Langston no at 4.30? And I was like, well, tell him no, why? Because I wanted to sleep in more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so that's what, you know, we're basically this business that, you know, the skills trainers, you're in a customer service business. And so nope. it's right. not on – you know, nah, Langston, can we go at 10? Because I want to get two more hours of sleep. In. Like if he wants to get his butt up and work out, then I can get my butt up and rebound. You know, and the other thing is, and the same conversation I had was, you know, uh, actually a player yesterday. I was like, what you don't realize is like, you come into the gym and you work out from 10 to 11. And then you leave and you almost think that like, we leave. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> but what you don't understand is we have 
17 more workouts that day. But it doesn't matter because it's like the guy who's in there at 10 p.m. or the guy who's in there at 6 a.m. Like it's our responsibility to kind of give them whatever energy we do have it's not you know what i mean we can't be like oh i've been in here for 12 hours um right because they, they just they're just there for that hour like that's all they're, they see they're, with they're there for that hour and that's all they should care about and that's all we should care about right. um so it's definitely sure they get better yeah it's definitely not the easiest schedule in the world but you know at the end of the day like some days when i'm really really tired um and i get home i'm like dude i was just in a gym for 16 hours like like what am I really complaining about you know what I mean like yeah. I get to teach basketball for a living and it's kind of like you say it like that any complaints or anything you have with like a schedule can kind of easily be thrown away yeah I, mean, I think that's like that's the beauty in what you guys do and people that involve themselves in basketball in general is they build those relationships and those you know those vibes to where they understand what it, what it takes they know what it takes and they understand that if a guy wants to like you said if he wants to get up that early then you can get up that early and help him achieve his goal because at the same time um you're doing what you love to do you're helping him do what he loves to do and like that's the that's the beauty of our sport not just we're able to really you guys are able to really help a player develop into whatever it is he wants to be and uh the beauty of it is watching him during the season go go do what he does best and you can you can say you can feel a little good about yourself and say you know i helped him get there and he appreciates for sure you guys and he appreciates the time the effort um and all that and to get him to where he is and so that's the beauty of our, our sport and what you guys do um as you build those relationships and those things last you know, a lifetime. hundred percent. I think the biggest thing, the thing that I love the most anyway, is definitely the relationships because of that, you know, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. I think that's all that matters in life and a bigger scale is like who you impact, who impacts you. You know what I mean? And then it's the same thing with like this thing that I call my job. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters besides the relationship. And that player knowing that like Luke's got my back, will do whatever he can for me and, and then vice versa. If I need something, hopefully I can call them. And hopefully, you know, that relationship is, is more so than just inside the lines of a basketball court, but can kind of expand to just life in general. And that's the special thing. And for those that don't know, like I got to see this firsthand with Luke. I was an intern for Pure Sweat Basketball out there helping Drew and Luke. And I realized it even more when I was out there. The special thing about skills training is it's very unique because you're not with a coach that is, you know, having judgment on you and deciding your fate for the season and your playing time. It's a it's a very special relationship because it's where like the dirty work happens, where guys are able to mess up and kind of be vulnerable. And I think that also really helps develop those relationships because like you're able to have I feel like you're able to have a closer relationship with them on the court off the court because it's their time that they're choosing to spend with you and grow with you no I mean a hundred percent you know we have I think the best job because you know it doesn't matter what player it is like my a hundred percent locked in focus is on them and obviously I, I want them to be good within their system because if that's not the case then it doesn't matter but I'm not worried about you know, the point guard, I'm not worried about the, I'm worried about them and helping them get better. So like you said, that relationship and just that, that level of focus can't really duplicate. And so it's kind of a a special thing. For sure. So who was your first big client when you first started out doing this? Because yeah, you got Langston now. I know it's really been a process of growth, but that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I trace it back to like the guys in Kansas City. Um, which is where I'm originally from. And so a lot of them aren't necessarily, I mean, Shaq Harrison, who plays with the Bulls, 
um, is from Kansas City, so he's a Kansas City guy. But I think still to this day, like one of my proudest moments was, you know, we have something called the Dorena Award in Kansas City, where basically it's the best, the five best basketball players in the area get nominated for it. In one year, like all five of them were like Pure Sweat fam. That's awesome. And so that that was one of the coolest moments for me. And Jacob, who was out here a couple weeks ago, is one of my best friends. Is wanted that year, but whether it was Mitch, him, Ty, Elijah, all those guys, like. I loved and all those guys were on the same team in the summer, but like individually worked out. And so that was kind of, that was one of the biggest growths for me was then everyone being like, Oh, like the five best players in Kansas city all trained with. Oh yeah. That's not Um, a coincidence. Yeah. And so that was big. And then like Shaq was like my first, I guess, NBA guy. Then it was Langston came after that. But like, you know, I don't get caught up. Like Shaq will mean a lot to me forever because we were together when he was in college and right, he went to yeah. Tulsa and he was undrafted and he was in the G League and then he finagled his way into a couple 10-day contracts and then a contract with the Suns and then he got dropped and then he got picked up by the Bulls and then he got dropped and he got picked up by the Bulls again. You know what I mean? Right, um, yeah, because you went through that ones, with him. That was 100%. And yeah. those are the ones that are cool and I think – you know, this isn't a knock on any trainer. This is just the way the the way of the world is like once you get a name as a trainer, then you get players that are already good. Right. Yeah. You don't go and through so the growth as much with them. You don't go through like the like we talked about the peaks and the valleys. Like right. you don't go through the valleys with them and you get a guy who's already good and not to say that you can't help them by any means. Um, but I think and I had this conversation with a few of the trainers that were out here this past week. It's like, listen. It doesn't matter, like just because now I train like higher level players, that doesn't make me a better trainer than I was three years ago. I was like, what makes me a better trainer than I was three years ago was now I can answer questions quicker. I can solve problems faster. And part of that's just, you know, you're dealing with problems that you never would have dealt with when you're dealing with high school kids. You know what I mean? So that's part of it. But it's like, it doesn't matter. Like you take a kid who's five, nine, Right. And he's, you know, struggling to play varsity as a sophomore. And you give that kid a full ride division two scholarship. That's a huge win. Yeah. Like that is a huge win. He just got his college paid for it. Yeah. Will he ever play? Will he ever, you know, make money playing basketball? Probably not, but it doesn't matter. That's still like that guy reaching his full potential. Right. Um, and so I think that's the one thing that like as trainers, we got to always keep in mind. It's like, it doesn't matter who it is. It's like our job is to, to help them reach whatever their full capacity is. And so for some kids, it might be division one for some kids. It might be, they get to play varsity as a senior. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the best part of the job. I think too many people get caught up in like, who are you training? Who, you know, who's yeah. this? And it's like, listen, at the end of the day, how many lives are you impacting? Like, are you helping people? You know, Shaq, for example, was going to sign a, a deal. So it was crazy. He was going to sign a deal. Um, I can't remember. It was like China or something. They put him in the room and they were like, hey, you have three minutes to sign this contract. And he was like, uh, no. And then he went back to the G League for another year. And now he's been in the NBA for two and a half years. So like, but for him, like he's because of his hard work, he's going to reach whatever his full potential is. Right. And those are the stories that I think that like those mean the most to me. Um, and I think for anyone who wants to be a trainer, it's like, dude, you know, Drew gave me great advice when I was first starting. He was like, grow your backyard. And it's like all the everyone wants to train the best players in the world. It's right. like, that's cool. But yeah, like, make them make the best players in your area. Like, that's how you like those are good trainers. There's great trainers out there who don't train any pros because they don't want to. That doesn't right. mean they're not as good as a trainer as Joe Schmo, who has, you know, 14 Instagram videos of him training pros. It's all a narrative. Yeah, that's cool. Talking about Drew a little bit, you know, how has 
your relationship been with him and how have you grown in this pure sweat environment? It's a really cool workplace environment. It's a really cool family. It really is a pure sweat fam that y'all have. Yes. I mean, he's, he's been my mentor since I was, since I met him at that camp and I used to like look up to him and it was almost unhealthy. People would ask me, it was funny and I'd tell him this (laughs) sometimes and you know, Drew has an ego of his own, so this doesn't help the cause, but I would say, People would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wouldn't say I want to be this, that, the other. I say I want to be Drew Handlin. And I wanted to train the best players in the world. I wanted to travel the world teaching basketball. So he's, you know, what he's done for me, I can't even, you know, put in put into words. It's just, it's huge. Um, the mentorship, the, the business side of it, all that has been awesome. And it's also been cool to see our relationship grow from like mentor to almost like friends now. Right. Um, almost like and friends. Even, <laughs> No, I would say for phrases, but you know what no, I mean. Oh, yeah, I got um, you. And even last year, so like I graduated from college uh, last April. Right. And the next day, I was on a plane to LA. And so, you know, last year it was more like I was underneath Drew, and I, I almost considered myself like a glorified intern. Like I had a couple guys, but like I was basically just helping out with every workout and like, you know, just trying to be around this year. It's been more so like he has his end. I have my end. Right. And so I think there's a little bit more like respect there. And like, I think I've grown. I think our relationship has grown to where, you know, obviously, in my opinion, he's the best, the best trainer in the world. And I'm not there. But I think at, at some point, like where there's still a respect level where we're almost we can look at each other in the eye now instead of like me looking up to him. Right, um, the yeah. whole time. And you've definitely proved yourself as an elite trainer you for sure. Earned that, you earned that right. You earned that, that respect from from him, from the you know, the clients, you know, their production. And I and I think just listening to you talk, it's just like, like I know this is something that Justin wants to do. I want to be a coach at the highest level. But like at the end of the day, these are our jobs. But you know, when anytime you can involve yourself in the game of basketball, which we think is the best sport on the planet it's not even a job because it's something that you love to do and you're passionate about it and your your job you know your job i guess is to help guys help people not just as athletes but as Mm -hmm. humans you know i follow you i follow you know some pure sweat stuff and that's everybody's mo that's everybody's deal is there these dudes aren't just clients that we see throughout the that you guys see throughout the season, these are guys that you respect, that um, you get, and that that goes goes way back to the whole relationship thing. These are all about relationships, and so uh, that's just a beauty of our sport, and that's the beauty to what what trainers uh, do. And there, and you guys are good at it. You got you got my respect, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate it, man, and I couldn't agree more about basically everything you said. So I appreciate that. Before we go, um, we're just going to rattle off a few questions. Some might be longer than others, but we just want to get to know the real I am Luke Cooper. That's the <laughs> handle for those out there that want to follow him. Um, hit him up on Instagram and Twitter. We'll put the tags out there. Before we let you go, we want to talk a little more basketball and then a little non-basketball about you. Perfect. Um, so first of all, I'll just start it off real quick. What do you think about how – training as a whole has kind of become with like Instagram and Twitter and all of this. Some, some of the stuff people call it like clown training. Some of the stuff people are like, that's stupid. What are we doing? What do you think about all this? Yeah. I mean, I think I've really gone to the mental space in the last 12 months of not really caring (laughs) in the sense of like, it's just, you know, I, there's some stuff that I wouldn't do 
there's some stuff I would do. And just, just, just because I wouldn't do it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. Um, and just because I think it's the best way to do it doesn't mean that it is the best way to do it. And so I think when you get caught up in this is trash or this is this, it's just negative energy that like, I just don't really want to deal with anymore. It's a great day um, to have a great day. It's a great day to have a great day, man. And I'm worried about me and I'm worried about my guys. And if my guys are getting better, then awesome. You know, and I have a guy, um, Gary V, who's like the biggest Instagram dude of all time, right, um, said yeah. something a couple of years ago. He was like, he said, I want to build the biggest building in town by building the biggest building in town, not by destroying the others. Yeah. I think that's true. It's like, listen, like there's enough players out there to work Gold out with nuggets everyone. of wisdom. Yeah, you oh, like that. from Luke Cooper slash Gary V. Gold nugget. Yeah. That's a golden nugget um, right there. And I just think that, you know, I think some of the stuff is silly. I think I think the issue becomes when trainers think that they're a bigger deal than the players. And it's like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, if it's it wasn't for them, for them yeah. we don't have a job. Yeah. And exactly. so, you know, and, and when that becomes the issue, that's when I have an issue with it. The other stuff, it's, you know, there's drills out there that I don't agree with, but you know, who am I to say that that does work or doesn't work? You know, it kind of is what it is. I have my philosophy and, facts, you know, facts. they have theirs. And, and as long as someone like actually believes that it's the best way to go about it um, and has, you know, reasoning for backing it up, you know, it is what it is. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm, cool. I've never, I, so I've heard I've never skinned a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so like, do trainers talk to other trainers? So, like, do you guys... Actually, yeah, Luke, why don't you tell us about your living situation a little bit? And Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so, like, I'm I'm lucky in the sense of, like, obviously I have Drew, who I see for 14 hours a day. Um, and then I also live with Alex Bazell, who's, well, I think, one of the best trainers in the world, and Zach Foster as well. And so, basically, our house is just a full basketball house. So, I live with Sam Lamone, who is the best videographer in the world. Content creator. We I, got Sam coming on soon. Yeah, we got Sam coming on, too. Um, so I live with Sam Lamar, I live with David Sosna, who's Alex's video guy. And then I live with Zach Boster and Alex Mazzell. So we basically have just a house full of basketball people. And, you know, I talk to those guys all the time because, like, there's stuff that I've used in my workouts from conversations with right. Alex and Zach. And it's not, about, it's not about who, like, me getting the information. It's about me giving the information to the player. Right. Like, exactly. Who, who am I to be like, no, I know everything. Like, that's just ignorant. Yeah. And so it's the same reason I watch film all the time. It's like if I can go talk to someone and be like, hey, what are you seeing? What are you doing in your workouts lately? What have your players done to you um, or told you, then I can get knowledge from them and my guys and then kind of combine it. So I'm constantly talking to people, talking to coaches, talking to other trainers. Cause like the same way we want players to get better. Like we got to get better. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, you it's know, it's the old saying ways. like, the, yeah, like the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is. And Golden so, nugget. nugget. He's on fire. Yeah. I'm on fire. I'm heating up. So yeah, I'm constantly, and I just like to talk. So I talk to anyone who wants to talk. Basketball. I like to talk trash too. Yeah, well, yeah. it's easy when I'm playing you. Yeah, he he beat me three on three. I'll admit <laughs> yeah. it on the air. Yeah, before, multiple games, but <laughs> before we get you out of here, we're gonna go through an actual speed round. You got one minute, six questions. Keenan's gonna <sighs> start it off. All right, favorite restaurant? Chibola. Celebrity crush? Drake. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, pet peeve. People standing up on planes as soon as it lands. Mm, that's, Solid. That's a really specific and a really good one. Solid. If you could have one new client, who would it be? You, you get to pick. Giannis. Favorite sneaker? Basketball, walk around, whatever. Kobe Sixers. Nice. Oh, okay. Kobe guy. Favorite city in the world? Can't say LA. Can't say Kansas City. 
Seattle. Nice. Boom. Appreciate you, Luke Cooper. Check him out, I Instagram, think, Twitter. I think, my celebrity, I think my real celebrity crush. He was thinking about it. a tough one. Um, gosh. What did Austin Mills say? He said Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah, I don't know. Selena Gomez. Yeah. Dude, my first crush was Vanessa Hudgens from nice. High School Musical. Man, throwing it back. Yeah, I don't know what she looks like now, but hopefully still good. <laughs> Vanessa, if you're out there, yeah. I am Luke Vanessa, Cooper. if you're listening to the Hidden Gems podcast. You never know. DMs are open. All right. You there heard it go. here first. You heard it here first, folks. Appreciate you, Luke Cooper. It was a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll keep up soon. with you. Keep doing what you're doing out there. Hidden Gems. Bye, man. Next episode on the Hidden Gems podcast, we sit down with Kurt Hollis featuring Rob Morris. Kurt's currently playing overseas in Germany, working his way up the ranks and putting up big numbers. Talk about the overseas life, how life is over there, how basketball is over there, the language barrier, all things basketball related in Germany with Curtis. Kurt's going to try to make his way to the NBA draft next year, so we're excited to get him on. Hidden Gems, tune in!